When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, followed by my two co-hosts, Nina Kitty and Courier7. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty doing swell. Pretty How are you? Doing the best I can to survive in the <laughs> situation of a job I don't want to be in. But I digress. <laughs> yep. But before we start all the announcements we got for games this year's announcement for games is and the amount of that we're getting this year is insane you know final fantasy 16 starfield the expansion for cyberpunk for phantom liberty assassin's creed mirage um avatar frontiers of pandora is surprisingly this year in December, which is honestly a shocker to me. I thought that was going to be a 2024 at least. I agree. Uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed Nexus, which is the new uh, Oculus VR game that is slated for this holiday. And, I mean, we also got a bunch of other teases. You know, Fable, finally. They've got a new trailer for Fable for the reboot, which looks really good. And surprisingly, <laughs> if anybody hasn't guessed, like it you think it's all CG. About 80% of the trailer is actual gameplay cinematics. It's so cool. That shows you they are... Xbox is actually meaning business. Finally. Only took oh, yeah. them eight years, nine years, since the Xbox One launched to finally have good exclusives again. <laughs> it's really been that long jeez oh my gosh it's been and this is why i mean i work you know working in the video game retailing market i had the luxury to you know be able to buy most of the consoles when they came out and this is the reason why i had two consoles both all the consoles is because exclusivities for one two playstation had a lot more better like first like first party titles than Xbox did. Mm-hmm. 
out of the also, Xbox One generation, we had Forza, Gears, and Halo. That is literally it. And when you go to PlayStation and look at theirs and compare them, there's like over a dozen different titles. Which is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. But just a little bit. Anyway, we're not this is not a video game, you know <laughs> deep dive. <laughs> podcast we are all about the wizarding world and this week we are going into the history of brooms and thanks to nina on this topic because i couldn't think of anything (laughs) to even talk about this week um we are doing brooms and the uh you might like what we're going into after brooms which if anybody knows there's a popular sport with brooms but we'll get to that later So, with broomsticks, also known as brooms, were one of the means employed uh, by wizards and witches to transport themselves between locations. Wizarding broomsticks, unlike non-magical brooms, were enchanted to fly, allowing for a witch or wizard to travel to their destination through the air, as well as for playing broom games such as Quidditch. Their use in the Great Britain and Ireland were regulated by the Ministry of Magic's Broom Regulatory Control. And the earliest record of use of the broomstick was in 962 in a German illustrated manuscript. Only witches and wizards appear to use broomsticks in the wizard world. House elves, for an example, apparate. Broomsticks appear to have a bit of a personality of their own as they're able to respond to the simplest commands, such as up. Up. And we, obviously we get that scene in Sorcerer's Stone in the book and in the, in the uh, film to where Harry the broom goes to Harry's hand immediately Hermione doesn't even respond to and then the broom gets agitated with Ron and just smacks him in the face (laughs) it's a great scene (laughs) it is a great scene and it's hysterical so uh, now we, we have their history so in the early days since no spell was devised by wizards to enable them to fly, with the exception of Lord of Voldemort in 1997 and Silver Snape in the year a later, in a year later, they had come up with another way to do so. Uh, anime guy who transformed into winged creatures like birds employed their sensation, but they were rare. Long before the international salute of wizardry secrecy came into uh, into force. Wizards were savvy enough to realize that muggle neighborhoods would seek exploit their abilities. Therefore, it was able to keep a method of flight in their homes. It would have been an unobstructive and easy to hide. The broomstick was ideal. It was portable, cheap, and and required no explanation. However, the first broomsticks were uncomfortable. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, we... The brooms that we see in... Like, the Harry Potter films. They don't have any, like... Well, Harry's brooms, specifically. Because we do see brooms later in the films that have seats that are more Mm -hmm. comfortable. Harry's is, like, just a a broom. There is no seat. Yeah. I think there was, like, a a little nook kind of a thing in it Mm -hmm. where he was supposed to sit or you were supposed to sit. But I can't imagine that would be any more comfortable. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then... I mean, and when you go and play Hogwarts Legacy, there's an actual, like, somewhat cushion-ish on most of the brooms that you can purchase. 
Mm-hmm. Because they learned not to sit on wood. As we'll sure. find out. <laughs> <laughs> so the first brooms, uh, records show that the witches and wizards in Europe were using brooms as early as A.D. 962. A German manuscript of this period showed three warlocks dismounting from their brooms with lo- looks of exquisite discomfort on their faces. The first brooms bewitched were neither comfortable nor aerodynamic. They had rough twigs at the end of the unvarnished handles. And in 1107, Scottish wizard Guthrie Lochran wrote of the splinter-filled buttocks and bulging piles after a short ride from Montrose to Arbroath. Arbroath. <laughs> Yeah, Very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> having splinters on your rear from, yeah, no, from just means of transport would be very agitating and discomfort. All I can imagine are the hyenas from Lion King and <laughs> pulling down into the cactuses and you're pulling little cacti out. Yes. Cactus butt. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's all I imagine. So the charms on the brooms were also basic. They move at the speed, uh, one speed and could only go up and down and stop. Wizard families generally constructed their own brooms, so there was a variation in speed and comfort, depending on the skill of the builder. By the 12th century, wizards began to barter services, and skilled broom makers could trade their services for goods such as potions for, of a neighbor. Which is, you know, basically the start of the actual broom-making trade, essentially, in the 12th century. Mm Mm-hmm. Started from somewhere. mm Mm-hmm. So now we get to racing brooms and mass production. So until the 19th century, broomsticks were uh, of varying quality, although the invention of the cushioning charm in 1820 by Elliot Smethwick... uh, greatly enhanced the quality and comfort of the rides. However, they were still handmade by single wizards, and they were generally incompatible of achieving high speeds and were difficult to control at high altitudes. Oh, so I guess you would just need a cushioning charm and not an actual seat. Yeah. Okay. At first. That's interesting. Yeah. And they were also designed... With styling and craftsmanship in mind and, and not performance. Brooms such as the Oakshaft 79, the Moon Trimmer, and the Silver Arrow all made an impact on the broom market, but were still made by single wizards and witches. And then this is where we're going to get to familiar brooms, if anybody reads the books. In 1962, or sorry, 1926. Uh, the brothers Bob, Bill, and Barnaby uh, Olfelton formed the Clean Sweep Broom Company, and the racing broom was born. Their first model, the Queen Sweep One, was produced in large quantities and an instant hit. Three years later, in 1929, uh, Randolph Ke- uh, Keith and Basil Horton formed the Comet Trading Company and released the Comet 140 with the patent Horton Knitch uh, Breaking Charm. And if anybody knows, those two brooms specifically come up in the Harry Potter books 
because Ron eventually gets a clean sweep, I believe. I'm pretty sure it's a yeah, it's a clean sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, for during Half Blood Prince, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that because that's yeah that's when he does the um the keeper position. Yeah, that's when he does the keeper tried out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for several years, the clean clean sweep and comet rivalry dominated the field until the creation of the Nimbus Racing Broom Company in 1967. The Nimbus brooms combined reliability and easy handling and became the favorite for Quidditch teams across Europe. Which, obviously, we all know the Nimbus because mm-hmm. Harry has a Nimbus 2000, a Sorcerer's Stone, and Chamber of Secrets. And we also see the Nimbus 2001s uh, being used by the Slytherin team in Chamber of Secrets as well. Yes. Because Malfoy's daddy bought them all new brooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, mm, no thing. I, um, I have thoughts on that. But anyway, uh, Universal Brooms LTD was a broomstick manufacturing company which was very popular in the past, but eventually shut down in 1978 due to a heavy loss, both financial and in popularity. Which makes sense when you had the Clean Sweep, the Comet, and the Nimbus companies. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. you can only compete so much. Mm-hmm. And sure. when the market gets super saturated, it's hard to stay in business. Mm-hmm. So now we get to Modern Brooms. So eventually, nearly every wizarding household in Britain owned at least one broomstick... Uh, dedicated writers kept their brooms in top condition with a broomstick servicing kit, which Harry does get in. I'm trying to remember. Order no. Prisoner of Azkaban. He gets a broom cleaning kit because he starts using it on his firebolt because he got it for his birthday. Yes, I remember now. But he couldn't right. use it because he didn't have a broom at the time. Because his Nimbus got... No, no, no. He had his Nimbus. That's right. That was before it was destroyed. Prison Maskerman is when his Nimbus was destroyed. Yeah. He got it before oh, his yeah. before he goes to Hogwarts. Because his birthday is before he goes to Hogwarts. Correct. Yes. Sorry. My timeline was wrong. <laughs> but, fun fact real quick. Harry does not get the firebolt at the end of the book. Like he does in the film. He gets it literally at the halfway point. Or right before the halfway point, he gets the firebolt. Hmm. Oh. And but he doesn't get to use it for a good while in the book because everybody thinks that Sirius Black sent it to him and like jinxed it to where it would kill him. So it went through like a hundred different security checks. That does sound familiar now that you said that. So, instead of broomsticks, wizards in Asia and the Middle East generally prefer to use flying carpets. Hmm. (laughs) A notable exception being Japan, which they outlawed in Britain, where they were classified as muggle objects. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Flying carpets. I wonder where we've seen that from. Oh, wait. There's a Disney (laughs) film called Aladdin. Uh, don't get me started i'll sing you that whole song no please don't um despite the popularity of mass manufactured broomsticks 
Uh, there may be still have a market in for individual artisans. Even in the 1980s, Rowan Kanata's uncle was a top brewmaker. One of the creations took several months to make and cost several thousand galleons. Jeez. Which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And then now we have broomstick magic. So broomsticks has various spells cast on them to help the writer in uh, with writing and flying. Over time, these spells went from being simple to being more complex in nature. For an example, modern broomsticks were versatile and came with a cushioning charm. And then, when Harry fell off his Nimbus 2000 during the during a Quidditch match, it didn't fall to the ground, but instead drifted away towards the Wampin' Willow, suggesting that it may have been had some form of entrainment to keep it flying without a rider. And then Harry's firebolt, when held uh, and then released, floated exactly at the right height for him to bound it. So he doesn't have to worry about, you know doing it himself like it does its own thing to be okay cool let's mm-hmm. get let's get going we never learn what those actual spells are that they use on them right like the names no. of them i don't believe so we do not yeah. and then early broomsticks only had simple charms placed on them a model on display in the museum of quidditch only moved forward at one speed and would move up down and stop they're like antiques yes exactly yeah, and honestly, mm-hmm. I think that's can only go up, down, and stop is kind of like, um, how do you go side to side? You just kind of go up and then go and then up and then go. I guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah, an eight bit game. Oh, no. Ew. <laughs> oh, yep. gosh. That's, that's terrible. Oh, man. It's like thinking you have a D pad and you're just trying to go up, left, down, left, down. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. Mm-hmm. But um, at this point, we are going to take a short mid break and be back with more brooms. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Alright, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything with the podcast it has nothing to do with the lore. Uh, at this point, I do want to remind everyone that we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash wizardworldlorecast where you can support us there to where we you can get ad-free episodes or even join us one month uh, on one episode once a month at the end of every month. And then uh, you can also find us on Twitch where we live stream at every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I had to think about the Pacific time there. On, on my Twitch channel, Ben of Demaria. And you can also find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net to where you can find this show where we ha- are in the server, wherever our channel on the server, where you can talk about you know anything with the podcast, anything with the lore, or if you want to talk about theories or anything like that feel free to do so um 
Oh, and you can also support us by giving us five-star ratings on Apple uh, Apple and Spotify. If you leave a five-star review with some words on Apple, we'll read it out loud on the show. And then if you read a nice comment on a episode of Spotify, we will read out that read that out loud on the show as well. Oh, my talking this episode's like all out of whack. Um, <laughs> is there anything I missed? No. No. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's that, and then. Um, yeah, and you can also find me on my other show, Holocron Histories. Uh, we just did our Star Wars Outlaws episode that drops. Uh, this show will drop Friday, so it will be the previous day on Thursday when that drops. So when you're listening to this, go listen to that. We we have thoughts on Outlaws. And uh, we <laughs> are taking a two-week two hiatus on that uh, due to my co-host works life and whatnot but when we come back we are going to be talking about darth revan which is a very very fan favorite star wars character in the star wars universe who is who is canon now by the way if anybody doesn't know the side tangent nothing to do with harry potter but revan is canon only by name alone so there you go anyway uh well, let's get right back into brooms. All right. So, we're back with brooms. We have manufacturing companies. So, we have the Clean Sweep or Broom Company, the Comet Trading Company, the Elderby and Spudmore, the Flight and Barker, the Nimbus Racing Broom Company, and the Universal Brooms Limited. That's what LTD means, is limited. Mm. Universal Brooms Limited. But, um, trying to remember which one we see in Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, that's a good question. I have no idea. I don't think I even paid attention yeah. to the manufacturers or anything. The Which I don't know. I don't think it's a manufacturer. I think it's just a sports store, if I recall yeah, in the game. It is, and he's tra- he's like basically making his own better brooms. So he might just be an individual mm-hmm. working on his own things in it. Because I don't think he has. Yeah, I could be wrong. But he's I don't not partnering with anybody, but he's trying to better. He's researching brooms to better for the sport of Quidditch. So, you know, going faster, have a better uh, turn radius or anything like that. Um, along those lines, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Stability of the broom, where it's like not shaky or, you know. Fears off to the left or something. Yeah, something, you know, just like a car. You want to make sure it runs perfectly fine, it flies great, where you're not having issues. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then now we go have m- different models of brooms. So some of these we won't really. I I don't personally know much. So we have the Airwave Gold, the Austrian Flyabout, Blue Bottle, 
we have the clean sweep one, two, three, five, six, seven, and eleven. <laughs> we have the comet one forty, one eighty, two twenty, two sixty, and the two ninety. We have the Firebolt, the Firebolt Supreme, which I'm curious, like the Firebolt Supreme? That sounds really fun. Is a world-class broomstick from 2010 to 2011. So this is well after um, Harry's time. He had the Firebolt. Mm -hmm. So Firebolt Supreme is almost 20 years after his time. Well, no, not, uh, I wouldn't say 20 years. Not it's 20. About, it'd, be, it'd be about, about like, 10 or 13 years. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, 10, 13 years. That's mm -hmm. over a decade. Close enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have the Moon Tremor, the Nimbus 1000, 1001, 1500, 1700, 2000, and 2001. We have the Oak Shaft. 79 the shooting star the sobrian arrow the silver arrow the star sweeper 21 it's xxi which is roman numerals the shift stick the thunderbolt 7 tender blast transylvanian barb the Turbo 30, which is XXX, which is 30. The Twig Twigger 90. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know who named that. Uh, and the other two are going to be... They are uh, Varapitos and Yagi Rushi. Which I want to say the Yagirushi is probably Japanese. That would be my guess. The yeah. Okay, so 90... out of all of the different names that we have, which one would you choose just from the name alone? Oh, gosh. Um, because if I had to pick just from the name alone, it's either the Twigger 90, because that's just freaking amazing, or the Transylvanian Barb, because I just want to know why. Why? So here's the <laughs> Twiggler. Twiggler 90 was a broomstick released in the 1990 by F uh, Flight and Barker intended to replace the Nimbus as the market leader. The Twiggler 90 was found to warp at high speeds. It also included several new gimmicks, including an inbuilt warning whistle and self-straightening brush and gained a reputation for a broom flown by those with more money than sense. Quidditch, uh, and it was first appearance was Quidditch through the ages. It pretty much fits the description. So basically, people <laughs> who had, oh yeah, I'll buy it because I have the money <laughs> and like don't have the logical sense <laughs> of like actually flying the thing. And then the Transylvania Barb was a world-class racing broom produced in Transylvania. The Transylvania National Quidditch team rode on Transylvania Bards during the 422nd Quidditch World Cup matches in 1994. And that is it. Nice. I like that. I mean, 
Ah, shoot. I mean, if I had to pick of any of these... Oh, no. Silver Arrow sounds interesting. No, no, no. Shooting Star. You think it would be faster than all the other ones because it's called a Shooting Star? Uh, let's see. The Shooting Star was a broomstick produced by Universal Brooms Limited in 1955. At the time of its release, it was the cheapest racing broom on the market. <laughs> However, after initial good sales and popularity, the broom was found to lose height and speed as it aged. Ronald Weasley had a Shooting Star before acquiring a Clean Sweep 11. And then Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry maintained a supply of them. Flying lessons Fringer always complained at the school brooms would... Uh, fail. So okay, so not <laughs> not the shooting star because that sounds terrible. It's just yeah. literally the shooting star, it's the generic broom we see, and literally the films and the books. That's why it smacked them in the nose. Oh, the shooting star sounds <laughs> nice. It's the cheapest broom on the market. Oh, it sense. sounds cool, but it's not. Mm. Oh gosh! So, Courier, did, did you have a broom that that stuck to to your thought there? Uh, the Moon Trimmer sounds pretty nice. Moon Trimmer, Let's see here. The Moon Trimmer was a broomstick created by Glady's Booth Boothby in 1901, designed with a slim ash handle and agility to fly higher and than other brooms and remained controllable at the time. The brooms were revolution in broomstick design and were in great demand by Quidditch players. However, working on her own, Gridley was never able to keep up with the demand for them. Oh. So. Oh. I like that. Hey, it's better than Shooting Star. Yeah, pretty uh, much yeah. anything is going to be better than yeah. Shooting Star. You're probably going to get splinters from one, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we have some broom games. So some of these I had no idea existed until like doing research on this. So we have the Angin Gene, which is played on broomsticks using a ball called a dom in a series of flaming hoops that originated in Ireland. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> Anything with fire and hoops is Ireland. Got no chill. <laughs> We have annual broom race held in Sweden, originating in the 10th century, which makes sense, obviously, broom races, which if you play Hogwarts Legacy, you do broom races. Mm-hmm. We have, oh God, Creoxian. Uh, it's involving cauldrons and fallen rocks. It played in Scotland starting in the Middle Ages, but banned in 1762. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder why. Because you're using cauldrons and rocks. <laughs> falling, falling rocks, specifically. It. It's kind of like playing uh, kick the can or like hitting sticks and rocks. It's just how you played games back in the day. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and then we obviously have Quidditch, a game of flying balls and hoops popular in England, originated in the 1050 AD. We had quad pop pot quad pot similar to quidditch but played in the united states of america as early as the 18th century okay mm. so it's okay so it's essentially like okay hey in england we have football which is you know kicking a ball 
have two like there's two goals. In the US we have literally the same game just called soccer. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially that. We have uh shunt bumps. A game of knockout originally in England is uh it survives only as a children's game. <laughs> <laughs> Which they do make children's brooms. Um if we go back, oh, I can't remember which book it's they recall in. I think it's in that it's either Deathly Hollows or Half Blood Prince. Uh they it's about Lily or James are talking about how Harry is going to be a great flyer because they got him a toy broom for his birthday mm-hmm. and he's flying around the house on a toy broom. Mm-hmm. It's actually in one of the movies. You can see like the picture of Harry in the background doing it. I don't know if it's one of the deleted scenes, but they kind of show him reading the letter and seeing that picture with Harry flying around in his toy broom and the uh, Lily and James going, Oh God, okay. <laughs> he's messing up the house. Oh. Yeah. It's really quite cool. And then we have stitch stock uh, involving inflated bladder and sharpened broomstick ends. It has been played in Germany starting at least in the 1105, but died out in the 14th century. I could imagine that would also get banned if they're doing like popping balloons with the ends of their broomsticks and then they yeah. accidentally poke somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Swiven Hod- Hodge, uh, the volleyball equivalent of broomstick sports originated in England. Yeah, that sounds fun. Playing. Okay, so playing volleyball on brooms. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's similar to hitting the ball at the end of the broom, like you see with, um, it's done with a quaffle. Oh, yeah, we see that in... Um, it's either Sorcerer's Stone or Chamber of Secrets. It's where, um, oh God, what's his name? The captain at the time. And I, oh shoot. I can see his face. Yep. Oh, I can see his face. Crap. Um, I want to say it starts with an F, but I don't think it's right. No. Oh, it's, oh, ugh, crap. So <laughs> we have behind the scenes now. So, from the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban and onwards, the broomsticks were seen with a crossbar used as a footrest. These were only appeared in the Nimbus 2000 and 2001 in the film versions of Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets. The crossbars of the broomsticks are not mentioned in the novels. In the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, it is required for one to shout up before mounting your broom so you can take off. While in the first video game, Harry continues to shout up to get his broom. In all other games, books, and films, Quidditch players simply mount their brooms and fly away. It is possible, though, that saying up is just an incantation to summon your broom and that is uttered non-verbally in later books, films, and games. But we don't know because they never really, you know, talked about that. Yeah, it's and just really Ho- shown yeah. once. In Hogwarts Legacy, we don't even the well. They do the up, in the in the flying class. I'm pretty sure, right? Yes, yes, they did. And then later, after after you unlock your broom, you you just bring it out of your bag. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all yeah. you do. You don't you don't say up. So I don't know. Maybe it's a one time thing. Who knows? Maybe. Also, it's Oliver Wood. 
Oliver Wood. Yeah, it's driving me nuts. Yes. <laughs> yes, Oliver <laughs> Wood <laughs> hits the quaffle with uh, the end of his broom. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, there's at least one broomstick appears in every film, which is true. And then, although the Death Eaters use brooms to fly in the books, they are shown to have master flight in the films and fly in black smoke. But in the books, no witch or wizard apart from Voldemort and Snape could fly, so the Death Eaters use brooms. So that's another thing that the the movie did more for, like, an action-ish villain, like, making them be, like, hey, these are villains. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know these are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And then... In Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, most of the Order of the Phoenix members use brooms to take Harry Potter to safely. Many of the Death Eaters in the film use the Battle of Hogwarts, or Battle of the Seven Potters, were also using brooms, despite seamlessly all have them de- demonstrating the ability to fly and smoke, as well as demonstrating being able to use magic while flying. And then, culturally, uh, broomsticks seem to be an agonist to bicycles in the Muggle world. They are seem to have seen in the variance of builds, capabilities in corporations, and to professional sports, as well as being normal for wizard children to have toy broomsticks similar to how Muggle children play on tricycles and other beginner-level bikes in their youth. And then, according to J.K. Rowling, brooms like wands are tools to channel magic and that most gifted can dispense with them. Yeah. That's why some are better than the others. It doesn't have anything to do with the broom. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but that is what we have on brooms. Yeah. But that, there was a lot I didn't know um, going into this episode. I didn't realize there was more than three broom companies I thought they were all made by the same broom company I didn't know it was actual different companies yeah. I do like how there's so many different ones just for the wizarding world yes I do like that. Sorry. but um, you guys have anything else to add to this episode before we wrap up no other than you can pop into our discord and tell us which one of your broom models is your favorite that you heard about and you need to tell oh, yeah. me why it's the Twigger ninety. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the 90. that's the best sounding one. It's, it's just the it's just yeah. the funniest. I have a Twigger ninety. You have a what? <laughs> it screeches <laughs> and alarms people. What? Because <laughs> if you actually if you go on uh, the uh, on the look up a picture of the Twigger ninety from Quidditch of the Ages. It's literally the broom and the head of the broom where your head would be is is like a screeching dragon looking thing. Like that's where the alarm like it screeches like a, like an alarm. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely just looked up a picture. The thing is amazing. I just want it on my wall. <laughs> I wanted those commissions from Etsy. Please and thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. That is so cool. I love that. But um, if that's all we got for this episode, we will see everybody next week. And remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard.
Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast. And you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast at gmail.com.